0: Episode 5 of Throw the Podcast, brought to you by the guys over at ThrowTheX.com. I'm Ben Conrad, along with my co-host. He's from Detroit, Michigan, where all they know is craft beer and Stanley Cups. Ladies and gentlemen, he's live from I-75. What's up, Jay? Talk to me. Ben, how the hell are you? What a great
1: episode we're about to have. I'm really excited. Really special episode. Do you want to let the people know why today is so special?
0: Today's a special episode is, uh, in just a little while, we've got a a guest, a very special guest. His name's Thomas Fenton on the show uh, to talk some backstage stuff with you. Most of you probably know Thomas Fenton from Wrestling News World. Let me tell you guys, his line of work stretches far and wide here in the professional wrestling community. Uh, Jay, I don't know about you, I couldn't be more excited to have him on here with us tonight. Oh, I know. I mean, this this guy is an absolute pipeline
1: of wrestling information. Um, You mentioned Wrestling News World, which is his home site. But, I mean, this guy has been on, uh, you've seen him on Uproxx. I believe he got quoted in Sports Illustrated. Um, He's responsible for breaking, I don't know, the past five NXT signings, give or take. It's going to be a great time. Have him on at the end of the show and uh, have him drop some knowledge for everybody.
0: Yep, I can't wait to introduce Tommy in just a little while. Uh, speaking of introducing, Jay, I apologize. I lost a bet last week. You did.
1: You, you lost a, a big
0: bet. There was a pay-per-view, and I was supposed to do something. Um, I was supposed to introduce you in my best Paul Heyman impression. I thought long and hard about this, Jay, and uh, I think I'm 3-1 against you now Now, as far as the TTX predictions go. So I decided that I'm just not going to do it. I'm, I'm using my heel tactics, and I'm just just not going to do it this week. You're going to have to catch up to me, at least win one more, maybe two more, if you want to hear my Paul Heyman. And I'm sorry, that's just the way it is, my friend. And you know what?
1: I totally believe it. I mean, I'm talking to a guy that, you know, has a segment called The Heel Show So I I was pretty sure that you were going to going to wuss out and and back out of this. But but that's okay. You know, the people that listened last week, they know who the actual champion of predictions is. And uh, and I'm good with that.
0: Okay, not only that, but I also stole your other signature move. I wasn't going to tell you this, but I'm drinking a Mexican style lager uh, called Cerveza Del Rey. It's Mexican style, but it was brewed in the Motor City, and it's absolutely delicious. It's from a place called Brew Detroit. Ben did very did, good. Did you just steal my beer of the podcast? Absolutely, I did. Well, I know you've got something weird going on over there. You always do. What do you have over there?
1: Well, you know, I got I, I dipped down to Lexington, Kentucky, uh, from a place called West Six Brewing, and it's
0: a uh, Six IPA, and it is also delicious. So, so I'm good to go. Sounds good. From Kentucky, huh? You didn't have to drive through the state of Ohio to get it, did you? Uh, Ben, you're going to get yourself in trouble with all that. That's okay. It's only Ohio. Anyway, before we dive into the uh, Thomas Fenton segment, there's a couple things that I want to talk about. Uh, We'll try to make it short and sweet for you guys and and get to the good stuff at the end. One of them is the World Cup uh, to determine the best in the world, whatever that means. Jay, are you, are you at all interested in this is this something you're looking forward to talk to me
1: no to both those questions okay. I'm I'm not interested in it and I'm not looking forward to it and and let me ask you this Ben so the winner of this um, from what I hear is going to be like a king of the ring style bracket tournament deal to crown the best in the world um, the best in the world at what exactly because this is being put on by a promotion that already has two world champions mm-hmm. or two to be more specific, a world champion and then a universal champion. So, the winner of this tournament, are they better than those two? Uh, are they better than, you know, Chris Jericho, who's the best in the world at what he does? In everything he does. Exactly. I, I don't get it. Well, I get it. I, I know exactly what they're doing. You know, they have to have these people on the pay per view, they have to have them in Saudi. Basically, this is their way of jamming as much talent onto the show as possible. Um, Like I said, they they did this for the Greatest Royal Rumble. That was the whole purpose of the Greatest Royal Rumble was to get as much talent on the show as possible. Uh, This time, they just happen to be using a different format for it. And, you know, it's going to be throwaway.
0: Yeah, Jay, you said it perfectly. And and I find it odd that they're pushing this best in the world so hard down our throats when clearly the the winner of this tournament will not be the best in the world. AJ Styles is the best in the world, okay? Now, for two reasons and two reasons only. His title belt says World Heavyweight Champion, does it not? And also, his gloves say AJ Styles. So, case in point. Now, if we want to go that route and talk logistics, would that make Universal Champion Roman Reigns the best in the universe? The answer to that question is absolutely no. And that's for one reason and one reason alone. His gloves do not say AJ Styles. Okay, now maybe the winner is going to receive a a title shot, maybe a feud for one of the championships down the road, which I can see happening. But Jay, how likely is that now, considering that four of the announced participants are basically part-timers? I think it's pretty much non-existent. I mean,
1: so if you're going to offer something, You know, so if something's going to come of this, you would have to bank on one of the participants actually being able to hold some sort of long term storyline, which we all know uh, Jeff Hardy's kind of on his farewell tour. Okay, so it's not going to be him. Kurt Angle, you know, he had a broken freaking neck. And he now wrestles like an older man that had a broken freaking
0: neck. There, Kurt there's Angle no won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck.
1: Oh, you're damn right. American hero. But besides that, okay, he, he's not going to be able to wrestle every week. Um, Randy Orton, whether you want to believe it or not, Randy Orton is a part-time talent. Uh, he comes in for you know spots here or there. Then he disappears. You know, he he does his six moves and crawls around the ring a little bit. But, you know, he'll he'll be gone again soon. And John Cena... Anytime he gets in front of a camera, he's going to remind you that he is a part-time talent. So, I mean, what do you have? You got the returning Rey Mysterio, who I think they're going to insert into this. Um, Most likely. Or got, yeah, or you got one of the three that have yet to, to actually qualify. Um, I, I, Me personally, I think it's going to be like the greatest Royal Rumble, where the winner's going to get a trophy. And then it's going to be immediately forgot about. Nobody's going to care anymore.
0: Sure. Um, so get creative with me, Jay. Is there somebody who hasn't been announced yet that you would like to see inserted into this tournament or possibly even win this tournament? Man, can I can I pick from all three brands? Well, why wouldn't you be able to pick from all three brands? Of course. You know what? Actually, I'm going to go one step further. I want a pick from NXT that you'd put in this tournament. can, Can I put half of the NXT roster? You sure can. Uh, well then, I'd put half the NXT roster. Hell, <laughs> because make, why wouldn't you? Again, yeah,
1: make the entire damn tournament NXT people, and then you you would catch my interest. I mean, hell, make the winner you know earn a, a RAW or SmackDown contract. Now that would be interesting. But okay, you want to talk about one person um, off the top of my head? Give me give me Velveteen. Um, but okay. you got to remember about Velveteen. He's he's still green. I mean, yeah, he's he's been fantastic in NXT. But Ben, I truly believe if you had a match against Johnny Gargano, if you had a match against, you know, Tommaso, if you had a match against Alistair Black, you would put on a five star match or a six star match or a seven. What is
0: what's the scale now?
1: I mean, uh, I, know- I think
0: it's seven star. I know uh, Omega and Okada have been doing seven star matches for the past couple of years. So I think it's seven now. Okay, because I remember back in the day having a five star match with something special, and now a
1: five star match is like it was okay. I'm only going to give it five stars, kind of deal.
0: Well, talk to Melter on that one. That's that's not my bag. Okay, but Velveteen, Velveteen's a great choice. Uh, you know me; I'd, I'd probably throw Finn Balor in there. I think he's kind of been delegated to a, a, a gimmick where his whole his whole gimmick is a is a, a mixed tag team participant with Bailey. Um, And he deserves a lot more than that. So if it were up to me, Balor would be my choice. There's one person who I know for sure will not be in that tournament. His name's Kevin Owens. Um, As far as I know, Kevin Owens is out with a legitimate injury. Jay, can you give me an update? Do you know more than I do about exactly what's going on with Kevin Owens? Um, I I know about as much as WWE does right now, which is he has any
1: injury. It requires surgery. And once they get in there, they're going to figure out the extent of it. You know, they're crossing their fingers. They're hoping it's a short-term deal. Might be a long-term deal. They're not going to know until they actually get in there and start cleaning everything up. But, uh, but Ben, anybody that's listened to us on our podcast knows I have a huge issue with WWE's on-the-fly booking, and I think that this is a great example of how bad it could get. Um, if you remember, it was about a month ago. Kevin Owens got in the ring, he sat in a chair after his match, and he uttered the words, I quit. And me and you talked about it on this podcast, and and we talked about how great of a storyline this could become. As a matter of fact, I said, keep Kevin Owens off of TV till 2019. Make people believe that this man actually quit. Hell, give him independent bookings. You know, let him him go wrestle for Evolve or some crap like that. Yeah, there you go. Great, great idea. I, I know, and and lo and behold, you know, a week or two later, here there he was attacking Bobby Lashley, and him quitting was never mentioned again. Now, of course he didn't have his knee injury back then, that's more of a recent thing, but now they have to take him off a of TV. So, so he had a one-off against Bobby Lashley, and now he's just going to disappear for a little while with an injury. And it, it would have been great if they would have just stuck to that I quit storyline.
0: Yeah, so they had to use this new angle on Raw this past week, basically to accomplish two things, give Owens the time off he needs for his knee surgery, and to turn Bobby Lashley heel, which he already was. Um, They just didn't know it yet. Everybody else did. Now, my question is, how do they book Kevin Owens upon his return? Now, do they bring him back as the whining, crybaby heel that we've seen for the past couple years did they bring him back as the powerhouse heel who defeated John Cena on his first night uh, or his first match on Raw? Or did they bring him back possibly as a babyface to feud with Lashley? I mean, could that happen?
1: You know, Ben, that's a great question. And uh, you know what? Before we get to that, Bobby Lashley turning heel and Bobby Lashley already was kind of a heel. People... If this is your first time listening to us, if if you heard the Thomas Fenton name and you're like, hey, I'm going to check these guys out, and you did not directly fast forward to the Thomas Fenton portion, we told you this was going to happen, okay? We mentioned Lashley turning heel a couple episodes ago. Hell, if you listened to our last episode, the prediction episode, we basically spoiled Raw and SmackDown for you, okay? We, we told you that the Nikki Bella, the Ronda Rousey angle was going to start. We told you Nikki was going to go heel so she could wrestle Ronda Rousey. Now, granted, I thought it might happen at the pay-per-view and it ended up happening a couple of days later, but we told you. We, we told you about the Shield. We told you about the Dogs of War. You know, we mentioned Lashley. Hell, uh, the Undertaker Shawn Michaels thing, you know, Undertaker, Undertaker Triple H. We told you how that match was going to end. Granted, we both picked the wrong person winning, but we told you that was going to happen.
0: Yeah. um, I think what Jay's trying to say is you guys should probably start listening to us more often. We're not just good drinkers. We're good at other things, too. Yeah, but we are. We're we're pretty good drinkers. But okay, so Kevin Owens.
1: um, Okay. So considering that the actual scripts for Raw and SmackDown weren't finalized till the day of, Mm-hmm. I don't have any faith in WWE having any type of plan for Owens when he returns, you know, a month, two months, six months, whatever it is from now. So who knows? But Ben, you know me, I loved the Kevin Owens. Man, when, when Kevin Owens came to NXT, okay, his first day there, busted open his nose, then he immediately powerbombed his best friend in the side of the apron trying to trying to break him in half. Yeah. That Kevin Owens was the best Kevin Owens Uh, Do you remember him beating John Cena coming to the main roster? Of course. That Kevin Owens was the best Kevin Owens. That was my Uh, favorite
0: Kevin Owens. Yeah,
1: I think that should be everybody's favorite Kevin Owens. Um, The the whiny, crybaby Kevin Owens, is he entertaining sometimes? Yeah. uh, He was pretty entertaining with Jericho. But is that a long-term viable character? Hell no. You you get annoyed with him. You know, you see him lose matches and then just whine and get a rematch. And, you know, it's enough to drive you crazy. So when he comes back, I mean, I don't want to see face Kevin Owens either. When he comes back, I want him to be the, the Kevin Owens that doesn't give a damn, that wants to hurt people and win championships and not necessarily in that order.
0: I mean, what do you think, Ben? That's got to be it, right? It's got to be it. You know, and I don't know how long Owens is going to be off for. Um, kind of bad timing, which it's, it's never good timing to have an injury. It looks like Elias is going to have to go back to being a solo artist here for a little while. And I never like to see anybody with an injury, period. I hope Owens comes back stronger than ever. I'm a I'm a big, big Owens guy. always have been. Um, there's another guy I want to segue into who's making a comeback right now. Um, I don't know if it's the comeback that we've all been waiting for, though. And that's what I want to talk about, Jay. I think you guys know who I'm talking about. His name's Shawn Michaels, HBK. Um, Jay, after eight long years, is this what, is this what the fans needed? Is this what we deserve?
1: Really? No, hell no. Um, first off, we told you, you know, we've known about this for damn near a month. We, we told you he was coming back. And to me, the WWE is kind of ruining it. I mean, you're bringing back the one guy that everybody wants to see back. You know, everybody wants you know HBK to wrestle one more time and you're bringing him back for a tag team match in Saudi Arabia that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. To to quote the ba- the great Ben Conrad, Kane's in the freaking match.
0: Okay? Yeah. So it's Yeah, for those of you who don't know Kane is a uh Kane is a mayor. Okay? He's a mayor of a city. Okay? Um Triple H is a COO of a company. The Undertaker um, has now had six last-time-ever matches. He's lost three out of the last four matches, um, not including the, the throwaway Rusev match. Um, this is just not what I expected. They had a seed planted. I, it was probably back in 2013. I want to say it was an episode of Raw where we seen uh, Shawn Michaels and Daniel Bryan in the ring. It was after the Daniel Bryan Triple H match where Michaels was the referee. Um, We seen him help out Triple H in that match. The following night on Raw, uh, we seen Daniel Bryan put him in the yes lock um, after refusing to shake his hand. And I thought right then and there, okay, the seeds planted. Let's, Let's wait it out. And when he's ready, let's do it. Now we've got a tag team match. Now this reminds me a lot of WrestleMania 28, the year-long build with John Cena and The Rock. I'm sure all you guys remember that highest-grossing pay-per-view ever. But did they spoil The Rock's return when he came back to fight in a, in a tag team match? We've all we were all waiting for that return, and they threw him in a tag team match. Is that kind of what's going on right now with Shawn Michaels? It takes yeah. a, it takes a little bit of steam out of the engine, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean you're damn right it does, and you're you're absolutely right.
1: It totally reminds me of the Rock Cena feud. Um, But Ben, I might have a silver lining for you. Um, I mean, I know this really doesn't make up for him coming back in a tag team match in Saudi Arabia. but So right now, the current plan for Shawn Michaels is they're going to have him, maybe not going to have him, but they want him to to stay on for a little bit longer. And uh, what they're going to do is right now they want him at Survivor Series to have a match between him and The Undertaker, which would be The Undertaker's seventh, you know, last time ever match. Yeah. Um, you'll, you'll know if it happens because they're, of course, going to set it up in Saudi Arabia. So, so pay attention in Saudi Arabia. If something goes down between, you know, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, you know exactly what they're setting up. But even further into the future, I mean, they're already talking WrestleMania. And current, they, they want Shawn at WrestleMania, but they don't really have an opponent for him yet. Nothing's nailed down. And like you said, I can think of nobody better to put him up against then Daniel Bryan. I mean, you said it yourself. This seed has been planted for damn near a decade. This is great. You know, have Shawn, Mi- have Shawn Michaels have to retire a second time facing Daniel Bryan. Give us the match that we deserve, because that's the one that we deserve. Shawn Michaels, Daniel Bryan would be a fantastic match, even if it is only 70% Shawn Michaels. You know, that's the one that we want to see. And as of right now, there's a chance that that might happen.
0: Yeah, you know, Shawn Michaels being 52, 53 by WrestleMania, not having all the gas left in the tank that he used to, has never really been my concern. Okay, the nostalgia factor is good enough for me. I want to see him in the ring. This is just not the way that I expected them to bring it back. And they're going to milk him for what he's got, uh, get three pay-per-views out of it, like you said, and we're all just going to have to deal with it and enjoy it while we've got it. Uh, it's not like we're going to stop watching, right? We're wrestling fans. Is what we do. We we bitch about stuff and then we tune into Raw every Monday.
1: Hey, hey Ben, can I jump in really quick? Sure. I I have some breaking news.
0: Okay. I,
1: I have one. Thomas Fenton holding is on standby. He is ready to go. So uh, I know you got I, Thomas Fenton's good to go. But I know you have you have a new segment you want to do. But uh,
0: but Tommy's ready, man. Let, let's do this. OK, I was going to give Thomas Fenton the Shawn Michaels treatment since we've only got him for one episode. I was going to milk Thomas for everything that he's that he's worth, um, if you will. Um, I want to do something real quick. It's only going to take 10 seconds. I promise. Can we do that? Yeah,
1: let's do it. I'm, I'm actually kind of excited for this. I, I listened to it earlier and I think people are going to have fun with this one.
0: Yep. It's literally only going to take 10 seconds, people, because what we're going to do is we're going to take three entrance music theme songs. We're going to mix them up into a 10 second clip and we're going to call it the entrance music mashup. Okay. We're going to call it that until I can think of a better name. But for now, it's the entrance music mashup. We're going to play it for you. You need to listen closely to this clip, because if you think you know all three songs in this clip, send us your answer as a direct message to yours truly at Twitter at at TTX Wrestling. And two random winners will each be emailed a $50 gift card to the online WWE shop. There's a lot of stuff on there you can buy with a $50 gift card, people. Um, That's a bold statement, though, because quite honestly, Jay, I don't think we're going to even have two winners you know, we're not going to make this easy on you guys by any no. means. No, I heard it, and, and it is pretty difficult. Um,
1: ben, can I, can I give the people a hint?
0: Okay, you can give them a hint. Okay. Uh, oh are going to need it. Number one, w-
1: when you get to us on Twitter, DM us. Don't actually post it, because then everybody else knows, and then your chance of winning goes down. Uh, that's kind of important. But here's my hint. In re- with respect to Evolution, the all-women's pay-per-view... All three of these songs are from women wrestlers.
0: Okay. Now, are they past and present women in the WWE? Can you tell us that, or do you not want to tell us that? Ben, that's all I'm giving you. They're they're from women's wrestlers. That's all you get. Okay. The rest is on you guys. Listen close. Feel free to rewind and listen back as many times as you want. Trust me, you're going to need to. Um, but as long as your answers are submitted on Twitter um, as a DM, Uh, By the end of SmackDown on Tuesday night, I think that's plenty of time. Um, So here we go. Jay, play the clip. All right. And there it is. Told you guys it wouldn't be easy, but good luck to you anyways. Hope to hear from you. We've got Thomas Fenton on standby. God, I wanted to talk about some NXT, but I would rather talk to Thomas Fenton, um, in especially the Alistair Black angle. Jay, I know you're planning on asking Tommy about the, the Aleister Black angle, so I'll take one for the team. I'll let him answer it. I know his response is going to be about a million times better, so I'll hold off on it and just give the people what they're here for. Uh, what do you think, Jay? Do we bring him on? You know what? I think
1: the timing is right. Let's do this. Alrighty, here we go.
0: Now, before we get down to that backstage stuff, I want to point out that wrestling news outlets, whether it be podcast, website, Twitter—I'm talking about the IWC in general. Now, most of you probably don't know this, but a ton of the stuff you're getting online comes directly from Thomas Fenton himself. Not just the wrestling news world stuff. Okay, pro wrestling is just a—it's a never-ending story. Now, if you want the story behind the story. Thomas is one of the only people in this business that can deliver that to you honestly, reliably, authentically. So, without further ado, Thomas, we had entrance music for you, but we thought a, a man of your stature, we'd give you the Tomaso Champa treatment. So, uh, Mister Fenton, glad to have you here, sir. How are you?
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Doing great. Well, Great
1: right, Tom- guys! Yeah, Tommy, I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, it's been a long time, man. I haven't seen you since uh, since New Orleans WrestleMania, a right? Bit. Very, very interesting three days for the three of us. That's for sure. Sure. Yes, it was. <laughs> it, it was. Now, now, before we get into this, I want to I want to let the people know that um, I saw you in New Orleans, and uh, we sat down. We were having a few beers, and you were telling me about your actual schedule for new orleans and and I got to know tom how do you fit that much stuff i mean you're talking you were uh you were at the the press briefing for ring of honor Correct. you know you did all the backstage stuff for wwe you did the um you know, the fan experience, fan access, you did WrestleMania, you did NXT. How in God's name did you fit all that in and still manage to drink with us, <laughs> you know, three nights? That's that's insane to well, me. You know,
2: going on these big events, you know, especially WrestleMania weekend, you just have to cram so much in. And there's so much going on. There's so many shows to take in. And there's obviously things that, you know, fans my site or subscribers or people around the world that want to see who are, are not at the event. So it's very much work when you do things like WrestleMania, and it is go, 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 go. I believe I flew in Friday, and my Saturday was just jam-packed from 10 a.m. until I closed my eyes at 2.30 in the morning. And then you're right back at it Sunday for Mania, and it's go, go, go again. So with a lot of these smaller shows, Thursday and Friday night, it's unfortunate that I, I don't go to and don't get to cover, but it's only because there's so much crammed in Saturday and Sunday. Anytime you have a Saturday and you're, you're getting up and you're, you know, you're doing the, the access, you're getting all the interviews with the guys that you know, the fans want to see, then you're hopping an Uber and you're going over to the Ring of Honor presser and you're doing that for two, three hours. And you're coming back and you're finding time to eat dinner. And then it's off to NXT. And it's doing some, you know, those photo shoots beforehand, some of the interviews beforehand. And then it's leave NXT and go back over to Ring of Honor for Supercard of Honor.
1: So, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, so What was your biggest Uber bill?
2: Um, it would have been Orlando, not New Orleans. Uh, I think in Orlando it, it was just over a hundred dollars, and I, I think the the guy Jesus. tried to take us to a certain amusement park there on the way back, but we just didn't go. So it was interesting. Oh,
1: sorry, <laughs> sorry Ben. I, just, I I had to know before you jumped in with the you know the juicy backstage stuff, just because you know it's it's been kind of bugging me since New Orleans. Yeah. What type of amusement
2: park was that? I believe it was the reenactment of Jesus Christ the musical as an amusement park.
0: Wow. <laughs> that is fantastic. You just <laughs> drank alcohol, by the way. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Don't judge me. All right, all right, Ben, what do you got for No, I'm, I'm letting you do the question, Jay. I'm not worthy of this. I'm, I'm here for the oh. fun. I'm here, I'm here as a spectator. Uh, all right then, you know, let's
1: get it started right. I, uh, Thomas, I actually got a question from me because it's, it's something that I've been wondering. You know, I've 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 heard little little tidbits and 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 you know little little whispers here and there, but I don't I don't know what's really going on. Um, Daniel Bryan, okay. Uh, last episode I, I t- we talked really heavily on this guy, h- how he's getting booked. What do you got for Daniel Bryan? I mean, is is he injured? You know, is there a contract thing? What's going on? Why are they? You know, his push just seems kind of weird to me. Is is there anything you got on him?
2: I think what a lot of us have to realize with Brian, and now maybe time to turn on the heat a little bit towards WWE and the booking of him. But we have to remember prior to three weeks before Mania, they didn't know he was coming back. So they had nothing for him at the time. It was just kind of, hey, Daniel Bryan's cleared. Let's slot him in. Where can we put him? There wasn't long term booking in now. Obviously, we're talking at this point over six months later. Sure, there should be something more concrete. Now, Going into the AJ program, which I think for many fans, it's such a dream match. It's something so many people wanted to see, but it's on a Saudi show. So I think the fans, to that extent as well, kind of look down on it and say, well, it's, it's not really happening and it is what it is. Um, as far as injury goes, no, you know, for the first three months he was back, they were very precautious with injuries, concussions in general, and he had trauma. Uh, he's fine, you know. He's got a new deal in place now. It's already signed, signed just around uh, Summerslam time. So he's there for the long haul. It's just, what are they going to do with him? Where are they going to book him? I just don't think they were prepared to have him back.
1: Okay, so so he's signed. He's good to go. So this is pretty much just, uh, in my opinion, it the, the whole Miz feud I thought was bad booking. Um, but there, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he's signed, sealed, delivered. I think delivered. when you, yeah, he he's signed, sealed. He's there. I I think when you look
2: at the Miz feud. I think what they wanted to do and what they accomplished were two completely different things. I think the feud had a lot of heat going into it. As far as when they were talking on SmackDown, they had all the feuding back and forth. And then even with the, uh, the SmackDown after show, the problem was there was no payoff at that point because they didn't think Brian was going to come back. Well, lo and behold, Brian comes back and now you're actually having to book a feud, which is completely different than booking a story that was never going to pay off.
1: Okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Um, I, I wanna I wanna switch gears here really quick. We had a question that was submitted to us last week that we purposely left off just because I I wanted to ask you. I think part of the question already got answered for us. Um, it, it was about Rey Mysterio. Um, so Rey Mysterio was booked for the the Jericho Cruise. Um, and then you know we knew for a while that he was signing a two year contract with the WWE. Um, we weren't sure when he was coming back, but he, he he got announced for Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. So what's the deal with Rey Mysterio? You know, is he going to show up on the cruise? Is he still on Crown Jewel? You know, what's happening? Sure, with him? sure.
2: So Rey Mysterio, as I probably reported three months ago at this point, he was signing with WB. It was a matter of time. It was a matter of time. You know, he finally signed on. One of the things that WB knew going into this, however, that Ray was locked into the Jericho contract. You know, Jericho actually signed him to do the boat show on the cruise. Whether Ray is wrestling on the rocking Razor at sea or just appearing is a completely different story. Um, I know Ray will be there. I know it's a very quick turnaround to go to Kronjul in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia two days later. Um, uh, the, the flight alone is 16 and a half hours from where he's flying from, from the cruise. So yeah, it's, it's a super quick turnaround for him. I expect him on both shows. He is back full-time. Uh, he will be back on SmackDown. Something that we covered in premium as well was his first feud was going to be against Nakamura. They kind of released that, hey, in the opening round tournament for the World Cup, it's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura versus Rey Mysterio. Um, I don't think fans, when they saw that, thought it in more than a match, but it, it will probably be a much longer program than just a match. So yeah, I do see Ray winning that match, and I see him going on in that tournament
1: in Saudi. Okay, great. Um, this this one. Okay. Can I jump in? Uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, what Thomas meant by premium is uh, wrestlingnewsworld dot com. Uh, premium. Head over there, check it out. I am um, telling you, it's it'll be way worth your while. Uh, best best backstage news you'll get anywhere. Um,
1: so that's what he meant. Yeah, and and uh, and. Thomas, I I know that most of the stuff you report goes directly there, right? It does. Right? That's, that's my home site. That's correct. Okay, okay beautiful. Um, th- this one, me and Ben were arguing about, and I think you kind of have to be a wrestling dork to even have interest in this question. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're one of them. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling just had a, a U.S. show not too long ago. Um, I thought I, I thought that you were going to attend it. Um, I thought you had your press pass. You're, you're on your way there the last time I talked to you. Um, but me and Ben watched it and it looked bad. Um, not, the, not wrestling wise, but attendance wise. Uh, it didn't look like it was full. It it just didn't come across great on TV. Um, was that true? Did you end up getting there? Is that true? And, and what's going on with their U S expansion? So,
2: um, I, I, did go to the show. I think last time we spoke, headed all in, uh, I think that's the show we, we may be referring to. Uh, but I, I didn't make it out to Cali for the New Japan show. Um, part of the reason is, and this is also a reason with their attendance, uh, it was just too close to All In. Both of these events, when New Japan heads to the U.S., if they're explicitly doing shows in Long Beach, California, it's very challenging for them to get a crowd locally. Um, it's very much a travel crowd, the same way All In was. What New Japan now has done is run back to back to back back shows exclusively in California, whether it was the Walton Pyramid or was it the other bigger venue that they did. The issue after the first show has been attendance with New Japan. Uh, they ran a venue that seats right around 4,800 people. And I've got to tell you, from people at the show and then seeing it on TV, it was as bad as it looked. Uh, there's no actual numbers out there, and I don't think we're going to get a actual actual straight answer of how many attended that last show. I wouldn't put it any more than 3,000. I'm struggling to put it about 2,500. There was no overbowl at all. And as many people saw on TV, so many seats open in those matches in the lowers, and especially on hard camera. Uh, As far as their U.S. Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, That's what I was going to lead into. I was going to say, is that reflective on what you think is going on with their U.S. expansion? Their U.S. expansion from day
2: one has been kind of head-scratching to me. A lot of the choices they've made and decisions that they've made of how to go about this, I just don't feel pardon the pun, they're all in. I I don't feel they are fully committed to this. Well, I understand they opened the dojo in California and whatnot. I don't know if they are fully invested in a US expansion. I think with New Japan they're more invested in a California expansion. You know, they see those crowds for those P W G shows and the rabid fans, you know. It's an area near where the Young Bucks were, and they're familiar. However, you want to talk U.S. expansion. You've had wrestlers on your own roster criticize, including Kenny Omega, the U.S. expansion and how it's just not been well. They have not done well with it. It's from the venues. It's from the demographics of the cities, geography-wise, where they're going next and why. And there's just not a plan. So, no, I, I don't feel their U.S. expansion has gone well at all. And, and frankly, I think it's kind of an mess. I think they could do so much more with it. I just don't think they're ready to do that. And I don't think they have the people in a position to help them be ready for that. How do you think it's going, guys? I mean, what, do, what do you guys okay. think? You and see the shows on TV as, as everyone does. I mean, does it look like they're getting bigger here? Or does it just look like a small New Japan show ran in the U.S. with mostly U.S. wrestlers or North American wrestlers?
1: Yeah, you know what? Um, in, in my opinion, I I think you're spot on. Um, I think, and this might be a long shot, uh, but what I think is you're going to see more of a um, – maybe not a New Japan, but you're going to see more New Japan wrestlers join, join forces with, uh, with more U.S. independent wrestlers. You're going to see more of the all-in type shows, maybe even a new promotion come out of it, which – don't don't say anything about that because that's my next question for you. But uh, um, I think that has a better chance, you know, a, a U.S. homegrown thing. Um, I'm disappointed in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm, I'm not 100% sure if, you know, maybe U.S. fans just, just really don't get it yet or if, um, if they're just completely screwing up. Um, your guess is as good as mine.
0: Uh, ben, you got any feelings on that? Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, am I happy with the way the expansion's going? No. But am I happy that they are expanding? Absolutely. Because <laughs> number one, I don't live in Japan, and I like New Japan Pro Wrestling. So you know, like you said, the expansion not going well. Uh, everybody kind of gets that feeling, but they are expanding. Uh, I'm not going to be a, a sure. Debbie Downer. I'm just I'm happy. I'm happy to see him here in the states. Yeah, Brian. let me let me
2: cut you off for a second, Ben. One of the things with that that I think that a lot of the fans inside the states and even North America, or it could be you know our friends in the UK. What I don't think a lot of them understand is New Japan's never running a Wrestle Kingdom here. They're never running Dominion in the States. That's never their plan. So if you expect to get one of these huge New Japan shows here, one of their more traditional, should we say big four, you're not going to get that ever. What I I think fans would be happy with, and I think that's where you're going to though, Ben, is if they were running four ish, maybe five shows a year, but they were building those shows in bigger venues, not just in California in multiple demographic areas, sure. I think they would grow quicker and I think they'd be more successful doing it that way.
0: Absolutely. You know, live, live shows are great, you know, and, and, and having all their shows in Japan, you don't get to experience it here in sure. the States, you know, now as long as they don't jack up their beer prices, <laughs> like NXT does, I'd have a badass time at one of these shows, you know? Which, by the way, I I have to
1: thank Thomas Fenton because we bumped into him at NXT in Orlando, and he bought us two $16 Miller lights, <laughs> and uh, it was very gracious. Both of us appreciate that yeah, there, Thomas. Yeah, I wouldn't pat me in the back too much. Had I known there were
2: 16 TV's, apiece, we wouldn't have gotten but, to. But
0: that's neither here or there, right? So no in like, <laughs> He he doesn't. Jay doesn't mean two each. He means two to the three of us. So if you do the math, that's two thirds of a beer each. Thanks, thanks Tommy. And
1: uh, and I I love the way you answered that that last question, Thomas, because uh, you mentioned all in. Okay, and all in was fantastic. And we have Omega. You, you got the Bucks, you got Marty, you got Hangman Page, you got you got Cody Rhodes himself. Um, all their contracts are expiring. So, anybody that pays attention to these guys, they've they've been saying for a while now that they're going to discuss their options and whatever they do, they're going to do it as a group. Do you have any update on that? Yeah, you know what's sure. going on? I mean, I, I really haven't heard anything on, so on their give plans so going far. On what you, have, you got of and then I'll give you my perspective.
2: Um, I want to. Reiterate, though, my perspective is not things that will be happening. It's just where I feel they could go. So I don't want anybody to construe that as news. Uh, as far as the news goes on them, however. So Marty is locked in till the MSG show the night before WrestleMania. Uh, whether Marty signed the six-month extension or Ring of Honor triggered a six-month extension to his contract, not really sure. I do know he's locked in until the day before WrestleMania, which is the MSG show he was locked in longer than everybody else at this point. Now uh, that was pretty recent. Hangman page is either a free agent as of this week, or is a free agent as of November 1st. This depends on the writing of the ring of honor contracts with the 30 day. Um, Basically what it means is once the contract expires, you still have to give a 30 day notice if you didn't give it prior to. So the October 1st or November 1st deadline is hangman. Um, I I don't expect page to sign it anywhere, um, including New Japan and Ring of Honor, until after uh, the Tokyo Dome show on on January 1st. I I think for him and for everybody, it just doesn't make sense right now. These extra two and a half months, he will still get booked. He will still be used. He probably won't be under contract. Cody's deal, to me, is a lot differently than the Bucks and Omega, whereas we all know the Bucks and Omega are up January 4th, um, right after Wrestle Kingdom. Where Cody's deal is is on him. Um, it's not up the exact same day. I know around the same time as everyone else knows. Is there talk of them all going to WWE? There's talk. There's always talk. Is there talk of them going to Impact and New Japan? Sure. There's talk of them going everywhere. But uh, as we stand right now, I, I don't truly feel that a decision has been made 100% in anybody's mind except for Murray of where they are going. I, I think they all have options, and they want to see those options lay out. I think the biggest option for them that hasn't been discussed in a lot of outlets is the fact of the amount of TV executives that went to all in the amount of people that have money that paid a lot of attention to all in were interested in maybe getting a piece of the professional wrestling pie. All in came across great. I, I think if you have to fault anything on all in, it was the timing at the end of the show, but it is what it is. You can't do anything about it now. Came across really well in WG in America. Came across great on their pay-per-view outlets, and it came across great live. Uh, you know, when you get over eleven thousand people in the building for a non-WWE show, it should really tell you what fans are clamoring for and what they want to see. People think are really investing in much in anything. They're they're investing into hey, I think they're going here. I think they're going here. I think there is enough people with the backing. So we talked earlier. Where something could be in the works as far as maybe it's not an actual company, but maybe it's running four all in shows a year. Maybe it's capitalizing on what they did with All in One. Maybe it's capitalizing on truly being that independent contractor and working wherever you want to. Let's look at the Jericho Cruz again. There could be a guy contracted to WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, and New Japan all in the ring at the same time. I mean, it's 2018. Anything can happen. So I think their options are a lot wider than just are they going to go to WB. Is it going to be an option? Yes. Is there going to be a lot of money thrown at them? Yes. However, there will, will be other options out there. Uh, personal opinion now. This is not new. Personal opinion. I, I feel Marty is already gone. Uh, meaning mentally, Uh, he will be headed to WWE after the MSG show. Again, this is not news. This is my personal opinion of seeing how everything's been worked out, seeing, you know, the pack made. Marty wasn't involved in it. Uh, his girlfriend's employed by WWE. He's constantly with WWE wrestlers. Just makes a lot more sense. And I'll ask you guys, do you you think that Marty as the villain would not be one of the biggest things in NXT? I
1: so here here's my issue, Thomas, and, and me and you have talked about this over beers. OK, um, the villain himself, if you're talking Just NXT. WWE NXT, oh, my God, he'd be fan. He, he would be fantastic. He'd be right up there with Ciampa and, you know, the, the Garganos and the dreams. And but I have zero faith in the WWE upper management being, you know, Vince McMahon actually pushing these types of guys on the main roster. Um, my biggest fear is Gargano and Chompa and all them, uh, becoming members of 205 Live when they're called up. Um, I think they're better than that. They deserve better than that. Uh, they're, they're great characters. They're great wrestlers. I think they would thrive if given the proper storylines, but, but there's been nothing to prove that they know how to transition that great NXT
0: talent to the main roster. I mean, Ben, how, how often do we argue about this we argue all the time about this and there have been numerous successes in wwe on the main roster uh from talent that has been brought up from nxt okay so the people that want to say you know you, you come from nxt under the main roster and you're buried you're wrong because we've seen it time and time again however nxt is just so good right now with their talent with their just Their their talent pool is just so good. I don't want to see anybody move up from that.
2: Ben, let me play Donald
0: Yeah, Let me play
2: Donald Sarek for one second. And and I'm going to defend WWE, which is not something I normally do. Prior to NXT, though, we have to remember every guy they signed was not a home run. If we looked at prior to NXT, if we looked at 10 guys, I think 1.5 of those 10 would make it as far as we'd say, oh, You know what? He worked out great. The transition to the main roster, no matter how successful somebody was on the independents or how successful they were in NXT, and this is where we'll go back to, like you guys said, the main roster is just both differently. And no, they have not given you any reason have any faith it's going to change. However, not everyone works out. But WWE has to start giving them more of a chance to work out. As I feel a lot of the time, they cut the cord on these guys way too short. And there's other times where I will see the same character on TV now for over a year. Okay, I'm talking about you, Mojo, Riley. And it just is not working. And it might be one <laughs> of the reasons he was removed off of TV. Maybe they just realized, hey, it doesn't got to work.
1: <laughs> yeah, what, what's your feelings on Big Cass?
2: Are you, you talking
0: to me, Jay? You. You know my feelings on Big Cat. I, I have guys, to okay, so, <laughs> Is this show PG, or are we are we upping the rating? Because we're gonna have to up the rating in order for uh, a response from me.
1: I'll tell you no, that. Ben, ben, this has to go on iTunes. We we got Thomas Fenton on. So but just look at Big Cat for a second.
2: Okay. okay. ability. Not could he get over? Could he not get over? He was a guy coming out of NXT that I don't think a lot of people felt he was ever going to be a main event guy. I don't,
0: <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> I'm going to cut you off right there. I've waited a long time to get you on my podcast, sir. And you're going to bring up Big Cass. What, that's what you. What that's what you want to talk about to tonight. This. I don't
2: <laughs> think anyone expected Big Cass to ever be a main event talent. Nor did he have the talent <laughs> to be a main event talent. All I'm saying is, when we look at the NXT roster, then going up to the main roster, it is such a crapshoot, and. It, if I go back to what you said, Jay, I believe it was you who said the Gargano and Ciampa kind of scare you, right? Going to the main event, yeah,
1: Absolutely. They're, you know, they're, they're it, smaller guys. It, it scares me. It should it should absolutely
2: scare you because there's a zero track record with smaller guys. None. Zero. Don't give me any example. I, unless their name is Rey Mysterio, I just don't see it. Um, and we're not talking smaller guys from 2005. We're talking small guys in 2018. Big, big difference. Wrestling's changed a lot. Small guy then is five eleven, two hundred pounds. A small guy now is 5'5, 165.
1: Yeah, I I mean, you can say they tried it with Finn, but you know, even even Finn's not doing crap right now. You know, he, he got so hurt.
2: So do, do we do we go do we go back to WWE? Cut the core too soon and gave up too soon. I think?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I,
2: I I think Ciampa and Gargano to finish up what you were saying though, for them to be most successful on the main roster. I feel it's for them to be a tag team. I feel the perfect way to end this NXT feud is them both going up as a tag team. I don't know who I don't know who you have Choppa Great drop point. the belt to. I don't. But the night I do it, I have Johnny Go complete heel and I bring Choppa and Gargano up as heels the following night. And I think that's the way they get over
0: is that based on something that maybe you have heard that I haven't, or is that strictly your opinion? Because if it is, it's, it's a damn good There's one. I, I haven't thought about that. Just but. after
2: WrestleMania, after they had that amazing match of bringing them up together before the blood feud really kept going and now going and now kind of going too long. But those talks have dimmered down. But the way I look at the main roster, and how it's compiled, the way you guys were also discussing, you know, if they just send guys to 205 live. I think both guys know that they're, Best course of action for a long-term run is probably as a tag team. While Tommaso looks big and jacked in NXT, he's not going to look big and jacked on that main roster. The size discrepancy, unfortunately, is a lot different. So, yeah, it's something that was talked about before, and it's just something I held my head on. How could they pull this off? And I think the only way to do it is, is, you just do it the last night. It's Johnny's last night in NXT. He goes complete heel. He never works heel in X team, and you bring him off the main roster as heel. Wow, I'd love to
0: see that, but you know you're what a that means, faith, right? It won't happen because WWE. <laughs> but I do have faith. I hope you're right. Yeah, that's you're just, right on most you know, things.
2: It's just something that I just I hope that's one I, of I, them. I, I don't understand though. Like, if you're gonna send, if you're gonna send Johnny out by himself, okay? We all know, unfortunately, no matter how great of a wrestler he is, one of the best in the world, right? He's too small. That's what Vince is going to think. That's not what I'm saying, but that's what Vince is going to think the first time he sees him in there with somebody. And that's it. I mean, there's just, there's also so many guys with talent on that main roster that, for whatever reason, whether it's a size issue, whether it is a visual perception to Vince, that once they've crossed that line, we've seen in the past, there's
1: not much going back from it. All right, Thomas. Now, no, I'm good that we got into the, uh, you know, the NXT, the Ciampa stuff, because I have a question about Ciampa. Um Is he going to be the one, you know, that actually did the attack on Alistair Black? Uh, what's going on with that? Do they even know? Do, do <laughs> they even know yet? I mean, has this even been thought out or are they just kind of rolling it from week to week and they'll figure it out at the end? And then um, to to, to kind of, you know, parlay off of that, What's going on with the next NXT? Do you got any inside info on on the matches that they're planning so far? So
2: who attacked Aleister Black, so we have to remember this is NXT, so it is not booked on the fly typically. Most of these storylines are thought out, progressive. So yeah, they have a plan. Uh, They're keeping that plan really close to the best at this point, though. There is only a select few people that know. Uh, this storyline should begin to unfold in the next two episodes so they can move forward. I don't know who the attacker is. I feel that Regal will play a role in this, whether it was Regal himself or whether Regal hires somebody and uses them as kind of, you know, his heavy. I think that's where they're going. Uh, my reasoning for this is just how the questions have been asked. And answered on NXT television, uh, watch Regal's mannerisms and whatnot. To go further into that, though, I, I don't know if there's anybody else, unless they're introducing them to the NXT brand of, hey, this guy is brand new. His name is so and so. Oh, he is that Alistair Black. That name would have to be so big and it's not going to be riddle because they're moving forward with the Cassius Ono storyline. Keith Lee's already in, he's already debuted. So, no, I don't I don't see that either. So, I, I guess I'm going to go with Regal, and then he has a heavy that did his dirty work. What do you guys think before we get into the next takeover uh, with the attacker angle? How do you think it's played out? Where do you think they're going?
1: Look, it, if it was me, and I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say it right off the bat. I, I don't know. Um, I think Ciampa is way too obvious. Um, everybody's talking about Ciampa doing it, so I don't think it's going to be him going back to what thomas said a little bit ago about the best way to bring a you know champa up to the main roster being a tag team with gargano what a great way that would be to flip gargano heel have him be the one that that beat him you know have him be the one that flipped out went crazy you know took him down act of revenge you know call it whatever you want but uh, I think Gargano would fit in that well if you're not going to go with the new name as Thomas said uh, that's my opinion you know I don't really know what they're going to do with this
2: as far as takeover goes I, I think a lot of it leads into the who would pack Alistair uh, which I think will obviously be towards the top of the card one of the big things in NXT now that they're struggling with is yes Adam Cole is a heel Adam Cole does not have heel mannerisms anymore Adam Cole does not get over as a heel at all it's just it's not working he's a babyface. face um, that's where the fans see him so it goes to building that top of the card struggle if you put Adam Cole against a baby face who's not Johnny Gargano at this point on their roster Adam's cheered the whole match Really have to play that close. I think we'll see the Ono rillo match on Takeover. I think you're probably seeing Keith Lee, Adam Cole, War Machine versus Undisputed Era, and then you can do horses off that carvere you're doing with the Alistair, Johnny and Tommaso. Uh what are you seeing for
1: Takeover? John? do you think they jump right back into the uh the triple threat that they didn't get to do last takeover with, you know, Garganis? Is and, uh, the Johnny
2: Ciampa feud, in, in my opinion, died a few months ago. Uh, I think the last match, it the crowd was not as into it from a emotional standpoint. Storytelling was fine. The match was good. But emotionally, I think to the fans were just kind of over it. So I think if you go back to that three-way, it's, it's going to be hard because we're going to know at that point okay. who attacked Alistair. So if it's not one of those two guys, how are you not paying that off? take over instead
1: yeah and, and that makes total sense i mean me i mean you gotta you gotta put velveteen in there whether it be uh you know you gotta put ricochet in there uh ben i i know you'd be all for
0: you know velveteen ricochet part two yeah you know what um you could put velveteen in the ring with anybody big small uh high flyer uh technical wrestler um, in you're now, gonna get a good guys, match. Guys, so. I
2: one of the things with, with TakeOver originally was advertised as War Games returns. I, I struggle doing war games matches with zero build. I absolutely do not like it. I didn't like it towards the end of WCW. I, I think for a war games match to work, you need a lot of emotion in that storytelling, and it happens months before one of those big shows. Um, it's supposed to be four on four. You're settling it in a cage. You know, every supposed, to, everybody's supposed to have intertwined storylines. It's hard for me to go, Hey, it'll be these four guys versus these four guys. I think where they were going originally was all four of undisputed era versus, um, I don't know if they wanted to call them, they still call them mustache mountain NXT. They still are. Okay. And, and done. And then I, yeah, maybe make keep either fourth partner because he's kind of, Gonna start feuding with Cole? I, I don't know. Um I, I know that if they're doing a war games match, you'd have to do Undisputed Era, the four of them versus another four team, wouldn't you? Uh, any other combination doesn't make sense to me.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I, war games. I think the first orga- war game was a little easier to book because you already had the built-in teams for it. Um, I, I think this one's this one's going to be kind of a mess, uh, no matter which way you go with it. Because minus undisputed era, I mean, there's really not a, a large group left. Um, I know they just way introduced too the uh, way too uh, sad, what's yeah. their name, Forgotten Sons. Um, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that they're. Big enough to to throw in a war games match no, yet. No, um, I don't even know if they have the time no, to build them so, by that point. Yeah,
2: they're doing war games. I guess we're going to Mustache Mountain and Park so. of our Era. And yeah. Okay.
1: Sure. And, great. And I will
0: watch every minute of it. Absolutely. Thomas, listen, we're 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 way over time right now. And like I say every week, uh us wrestling fans have a very short attention span. So I'm gonna have to cut it off. I've got a lot more I want to talk to you about. So Please join us another week. Uh, Tom, you're welcome here anytime on Throw the Podcast. Thanks for um, having me, guys. You've been an excellent third leg. Let me just say that. All right. And remember, people, head over and check out WrestlingNewsWorld.com and follow Thomas on Twitter at ThomasFentonWNW. Um, I promise it'll be worth it. And while you're at it, make sure to follow us at TTX Wrestling and submit your entrance music mashup answers while you're at it. All right. Good night, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. God, Jay, that that big cast got me worked up, that comment you made earlier. How about you play me off with some, like, slow jazz music this time? I'll, I'll give you some slow jazz, Ben. All right. Thank you. Good night, everybody.